Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Is this a podcast on a Monday? Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. We had Mondays off in the summer, but then we had to pivot a little bit, which is something we're totally unfamiliar with doing over the last year and a bit. So we're here for this Monday, but we won't be here next Monday or the following Monday because that's fucking Labor Day already. And then we get back into the five days a week routine. So hi, everybody. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. It was gorgeous out. Everybody's nice and tanned. That's great. We've got a lot of things to talk about here. We're going to talk about... Uh, the situation in Afghanistan, cat, which is absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe what I'm seeing over there. So we will talk about that. We're going to talk about our prime minister. But first, but also at the same time, speaking of dicks, I do want to talk about. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about what this asshole did. A man, a 30 year old, old enough to know better. Mm-hmm. He lives in Michigan was just released from hospital after he intentionally put six kidney beans into his urethra for sexual gratification. Do you need a minute? Uh, Are you giving the guys a chance to dry heave? I'm honestly, that hurts. That hurts me. I mean, I have a urethra too. We all do. Mm-hmm. That's where the pee comes from, everybody. I, I, okay, when we're talking about, um, and I know there's different, there may be a different term for putting any kind of item up your urethra, but I know mm-hmm. of what's called sounding, and I think you, you probably heard of sounding, yes? Yes, yes, it's gross. I've never heard, like, we're not just supposed to stick random objects up there, and I mean, old enough to know better, yes. It's astounding, though, the amount of people that are sent to the ER because they shove shit places they shouldn't. And this is one example of it. You know, I don't even really know what to say to people like this, because for all we know, maybe this is a perfectly normal individual, no red flags in life. You see him walking down the street and he gives you a wave. He checks his mail every day. He uh, maybe donates to charity and whatever. But then when he's alone and the lights go out, he's the kind of asshole that'll stick kidney beans up his dick. That's what this guy did. (laughs) We need to have more warnings for people who would do something fucked up like this. Perfectly nice guy, but he puts beans in his dick. So, I mean, is he a nice guy or is he a puts beans in his dick kind of guy? We don't know. He donates to charity regularly. You know, he volunteers at like really nice programs, but he also sticks beans up his dick. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm reading the article here in Science Direct about this because doctors, when they encounter various things that they have to perform unusual procedures on, will document those in case other doctors in the future encounter such a thing. So they say doctors were able to remove the beans with a series of, and I quote, invasive procedures. He is lucky that he was able to walk away with minimal trauma to his dick. Yeah, I just... This isn't the first time he's done it. The man told the doctor he's done this before, but he'd never attempted that many beans in his dick at once. 
What would that feel like? Because his expectation was that he would just eventually the pee would build up and he'd shoot them out like some sort of a goddamn rocket or something. <laughs> some sort of a sick, twisted pellet gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, drop a coin in the toilet today. And that's the kind of sound he was expecting. That's so fucked. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with people. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he had beans in his dick. Like, was he trying to return the kidney beans to his actual kidney? I mean, how high up do you have to stick the beans? And how heavy is your dick when there's six kidney beans in there? It's not like he put in, like, regular brown beans or peas or something like that. Kidney beans are big beans. It's not a, it's not, it's not a starting bean. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're hearing about the kidney beans. I feel like he probably started, like, smaller. Like, he worked his way up. Like, maybe he started with, like, a fucking chickpea, and then he, he worked his way up slowly. Like, people don't just start shoving beans up their urethra. That just doesn't happen. I don't even know how it would fit. Like, if I look at my dick, and then I look at a bean, there's no way it's going to fit through the urethra. Yeah, you, that's what you, you, you loosened it over time. His pee stream must be fucking incredible. Oh, it probably sounds like a jet taking off when this guy takes a piss. <laughs> that's how you know which ones are which. Like... Did you hear that guy take a piss in the bathroom? He for sure shoved shit up there. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I've, I've heard of it, and only because we've done similar stories before through the years, and I've so someone told me what sounding was, uh, one of our listeners. I'm like, okay. But that's more of like, I think it's like a just a metal rod that, you're, that you shove up your urethra for pleasure. Right. I don't know what makes you think to try it, though. How does that start? I just, I, it fascinates me. Like, how are you just like, you know what I want to do is shove a metal rod up my urethra and see what happens. Is it because women can shove shit in their privates that guys are thinking, oh, well, I could try that too. Because it's not apples to apples, assholes. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. And we do have the same parts. We have a urethra too. We don't shove shit up there. Well, okay, I shouldn't speak for all women. Maybe there's women that do actually do that for pleasure. I'm not sure. But fuck, ew, no, no. Like, it's not not for me, you know, like, just Mm -hmm. like hard pass on even trying that out. No, thank you. And beans. What are you doing? Like, I just want to say, I just wish that I could sit these people down and be like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Really? That's a great. Tell me that wouldn't make for great television. A show that's called and they could even do it like we do the podcast where you can give honest takes in an uncensored way, talking to people the way people talk. Wouldn't you love to just watch that on, on TV, yes. get a good interviewer, sit these people down and just say, what the fuck? You're what like, the fuck were you thinking? You shoved happened? a kidney bean in your dick. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you and watch- you know what? I feel like if you shove shit in your dick, he shoves shit other places of too. Of course. Of course he does. Yeah, he probably, when he went into the, to get the surgery to remove it, he probably had like an orange and a couple of mangoes up his ass. Like it, th- mm-hmm. that's probably the kind of person that just experiments a little bit more than others. Hey doc, while you're taking the beans out of my urethra, I've got a banana up my ass. Could you get that too while you're there? Yeah. I you know, just, like it's that sort of shit. I know that some people enjoy pleasure in different ways than others, or maybe out of the norm, or they don't want to talk about it. And Oh, okay. How you receive pleasure is is totally up to you. But we have to draw a line somewhere. We have when you're to involving the rest line. of us, we've got a lot of shit on the go right now. 
And you're going to the ER because you have beans stuck in your dick? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah, like, you know, use uh, yeah, uh, there's a many other, maybe there's going to be other options that won't make you a headline in a news article is all I'm mm-hmm. th- saying. Like, think to yourself before you do it, how can this go wrong? And if it can go wrong in any way, shape, or form, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And nobody should, Kat. Nobody should. Uh, let's talk quickly here, or maybe not quickly. I don't know where this is going to go, but, you know, I think back to, I, I still remember pretty vividly, and we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on the radio that morning, and I still hear from listeners every 9-11 that were listening that morning to, to me when I was on the radio that day that remind me of what that was like for them to mm-hmm. be on the listener end of that because I remember what it was like being on the broadcast side of it and there was no manual there was no oh shit plane uh, planes flew into uh, the World Trade Center okay let's go to page 12 for how to handle this there was no manual it had never been even contemplated so we had to make it up as we went and and even right down to the months after that how do we transition away from constantly talking about 9-11? How do we get back into more of a regular routine? The whole thing was uncharted territory. And then it, of course, led into the war in Afghanistan, where the Bush government at the time and the Chechen government here in Canada eventually said, OK, listen, the Taliban is breeding terrorists over there in Afghanistan and they got to fucking go so they can go voluntarily or we'll remove them. But either way, they're going. Because they're just creating terrorists that are taking their shit around the world and and innocent people are being killed. So they got into that war and we got into that war as well. We were late, but we got into it. And Canadian soldiers died. American soldiers died. British soldiers died. A ton of innocent Afghani people died. Uh, It was horrible. The the loss of life and, and the whole situation is remarkable. But 20 years later... There's still a presence in Afghanistan until just recently when Joe Biden decided it was time to pull the American troops out. And whether it was the time or if there was ever going to be a right time, he decided, for better or worse, we're getting out of Afghanistan. And he was under the impression that since they had spent 20 years training the Afghan army and equipping the Afghan army, that they were somewhat self-sufficient. I believe the numbers that Biden gave out when he said they were pulling out of Afghanistan was they've got now 300,000 Afghan army members compared to about an estimated 70 to 75,000 members of the Taliban. The, the, the army should have been able to hold off a Taliban insurgents. They should have been. They were well-equipped and well-trained. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. It took three fucking weeks for the Taliban to completely take over Afghanistan. It's uh it's incredible. Um the amount of people that want out because of this. It's it's insane. I I I don't know if you want to explain any further about the backstory before we talk about these videos that are going viral that are mm-hmm. horrendous. I mean the Taliban uh they have their beliefs and and one of them is they don't believe in the rights of women for example they don't believe mm-hmm. women should be educated I don't want to speak for them and I don't want to paraphrase too much here but in simplistic terms there's a lot of women and girls in particular that are very worried about the Taliban taking over Afghanistan because it's going to have a tremendous dangerous impact on their lives yeah 
and, and it's not just women. It's the LGBTQ plus community. It's a, a long list of people that are going to not have a great life under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah, it could, again, become a breeding ground for terrorism if it ever stopped being a breeding ground for terrorism. I don't know. But either way, there are innocent lives in Afghanistan that I think thought they had turned the corner and their country was going in a direction that they liked. And now they are going to be living under oppressive rule under the Taliban. And people are trying to get out. And we basically pulled the chute and said, fuck it. We're out of here. See you later, bitches. And when we did that, we left behind a lot of people that are in a very vulnerable situation. And when I say we, I mean the West, yeah. the Americans, the Canadians, yeah. the British. There was a lot of Afghan interpreters, for example. They were Afghani citizens that were hired to work for the Canadian forces, and they would be interpreters along the road, or they would give up intelligence information, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Informants in some cases. But when we left, we left them there. And the yeah. Taliban know who worked for us, and they're not very fucking happy that those people helped the West. Yeah, Those people are in a clear and present danger, and we left them behind. If you, if you maybe are just maybe hearing about this for the first time, maybe you heard about it a little bit over the weekend, let's say, and you really didn't look into it. it I was so disturbed by one of the videos I saw, and I assume, I'm assuming you probably saw the same video, of a plane leaving an airport with people hovering around it, running to try to catch up with it in the hopes that they would let them on to get them out of Afghanistan. They wanted out so badly that they clung on to this plane as it took off. Mm-hmm. Many of them fell from the plane, and there's video of it, fell from the plane to their death after it took off. Mm-hmm. That's how bad they wanted out. And I felt I feel guilty watching shit like this, Scott, honestly, because I can't relate to it. I, in my mind, my first thought was like, how can it be that bad that you want to hop in a plane? Well, look at me. Like, obviously, I don't know what that's like. So that makes me feel guilty. Like, I've never been in a scenario where I would want out of a place that badly. So what they're going through must be that bad. You know, and you can't even relate to it. Like, that's how fucked up it is. This is how bad they need help is that we can't even I can't even begin to understand what they're going through at all in any little form or sense. I can't understand why anyone would cling to a moving aircraft and just cling on to it for dear life just to get out of the country, knowing full well that they're probably not going to survive holding on to an airplane. I mean, they're looking at their options, right? Cling on to that airplane. Hold on for dear life, try and get your ass out of Afghanistan, or stay behind and be beheaded, stoned, shot to death. No trial. Doesn't work like that. Just, oh, really? You were helping the uh, U.S. forces? Great. Fuck you. Gun, dead, stoned, beheaded, whatever. I don't understand, Kat, if it was a... I, I feel like if it was almost any other country, and there were civilians that were... Facing this clear and present danger, the world would respond in an instant. And I don't know where the rest of the world is, including us. Why don't we have planes in the air on the way to Afghanistan right now? If for no other reason but to secure the airport. Yeah. You know, maybe just to uh, get the planes over there. Our special forces were just there to evacuate our Canadian embassy because we closed up shop and said, peace out, bitches, we're leaving. They moved the airport to the embassy and then shut the embassy. Sorry, they moved the embassy to the airport and then shut the embassy down. 
even if we just secure the airport and say, this is your safe haven, you don't need to make it out of Afghanistan, you need to make it to the airport in Kabul. If you can get to Kabul, we will keep you safe here because we've got the what we need to defend you against the Taliban. And maybe the airport is the last frontier in Afghanistan. I don't know. But we've got to do something. Mm-hmm. Somebody has yes. to do something. Yes. These people are dying. Yes. It's so incredibly it's so incredibly sad. And again, like it's it's hard for I think it's a, hard for a lot of people to wrap their brain around because we don't understand what that must be like. But you're absolutely right. Something needs to be done. And here we are in Canada. And let's talk about, you know, we won't bother talking about the the shit that Biden's facing over this right now. Let's leave that part out, even though we know that that's important, too. But here in Canada, he Trudeau currently has to answer to this. Right. Is he going to is he going to say something about it? Here he is calling an election. Well, there's a lot of people that want answers for this. Right. So has he so far? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he he has so far not had a call to action for this, has he? No, I mean, all he's saying is we'll be there. We're assessing the situation. We okay. will help out the people who helped us. Okay. They did help us. They saved lives, Justin. You've got to make this a top fucking priority. Like I said, there should be planes in the air right now. Get your ass over there today and get those poor people some help. And you know what? I get that there could be some shitheads involved in the crowd of civilians in there. Sort it out when you get there. Secure the airport first. Then ask questions and start IDing people later. Find out who should be there, who's got to go because they're in great danger if they stay, and and come up with a solution right fucking now. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I'm not naive to this. You know the world is talking. Trudeau has spoken to Biden, and Biden has spoken to Boris Johnson, and the list goes on. They're all talking about what we can do. We don't. This isn't a time to talk. You know what? Have the discussion after the planes take off about what's going to happen when they get there. But get them over there, goddammit. You've got to start protecting these people. It's bad. They did everything we asked them to do. And now we're just going to leave them for dead? Are you fucking kidding me? What's going on here? Come on. This is a humanitarian crisis that needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And by the way, speaking of humanitarian crises, crises? Is that what it would be? Crises? Crises, Crises? yeah. The earthquake in Haiti was devastating. As we record right now, the updated death toll that I have from last night is 1,300 dead and 5,700 injured. The last time there was an earthquake in Haiti, we sent that military hospital, the floating one that we've got, the boat. Can we please, have we dispatched that yet? Get down there. Fuck, help the people of Haiti, God damn it! We need I some mean, answers. We need some answers today, eh? There's a lot of questions, not a lot of fucking answers. Okay, so think about this. You've got 1,300 dead, dead, 5,700 injured, and no hydro right now at all in Haiti. It could descend into a state of chaos, and it likely will. We've got to get there to help Haiti because we're equipped to do that, and we have a great history of helping Haitians. Okay. We've got this humanitarian tragedy unfolding in Afghanistan. We've got wildfires burning across this country, kilometer after kilometer after kilometer of uh, historic forests are burning to the ground. Our air is going apeshit right now with all the smoke in it. We've got uh, the fourth wave of COVID. The list goes on and on and on. It seems like a great time to dissolve parliament and send everybody out Mm -hmm. to knock on doors and put up lawn signs. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's not, it's not very tasteful, is it? It's not. No. It's a horrible look. And I get that Justin has been planning this for a while. And you know what? I, I'll just give you a couple quick takes about the election here. Yes, he has the right to ask for an election. I think this new governor general lost any credibility and goodwill she may have had. Mary, you know, I, congratulations on being appointed Canada's first indigenous governor general. 
long overdue. And as I understand it, you have some great qualifications. But I'm sorry, you also have a job to do. You'll get a salary for life for having served as governor general, the queen's representative in Canada. And one of your actual jobs is to decide who governs this country. And normally we have an election and the election will say, okay, you've got this many seats and you've got that many seats. So you've got a majority government here. You're going to lead until our next fixed election date. And we do have fixed election dates in this country. That was a law that Stephen Harper put in. Fixed election dates every four years in October. Well, in this case, it's a minority government. Justin can't ignore the fact that we have fixed election dates in this country just because he claims parliament is dysfunctional. You know, initially he was going to claim, well, you know, the conservatives, they filibuster a lot and they they're not letting us get our agenda passed. What that's called, Justin, is democracy because you didn't get the majority of the seats. So you have to live with the parliament that you're given. And if the conservatives and the new Democrats and the Greens and the Bloc and the People's Party of Canada, if they actually they don't even have a seat. So fuck them. If they don't agree with what you're doing, they have every right to use whatever tools they have under our Constitution and parliamentary procedure to prevent you from doing that. You can't govern with a minority as if you have a majority. And until they bring you down, meaning you lose a confidence vote, you can't just go to the governor general and say, so frustrating. I want to do all this shit and Aaron O'Toole and Jugmeet Singh keep saying no. That's the will of the people. The people elected the parliament with the makeup that it is, and you've got to govern with it or work with the other parties. You can't call an election just because you want one, and the governor general had no right to grant you an election. That should have never been allowed. You can't just say, well, it's not working, so I want to have a vote. You can't do that. We have fixed election dates for a reason. And the governor general was wrong to grant that, and Trudeau was wrong to ask for it. You either compromise with the other parties or you put up a bill that you know is going to lose, that they have to bring you down on, and that's how you trigger an election. You can't just go and ask in a minority government situation because you don't like it. Not when there's this much shit going on. Uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, just a fucking moron. I'm sorry she is. I don't know if you like Teresa Tam or if you think she's as ridiculous as I do, but, I mean, this is a woman who's done nothing but try and slow down our recovery. She's constantly going on about restrictions and yada, yada, yada. But to rubber stamp an election and say, oh, yeah, it's perfectly safe. Go ahead. Yeah, Teresa, what the fuck are you thinking? Is it really a good idea in the middle of a fourth wave to dedicate any money or resources to this? Mm -hmm. What is it going to look like for us, um, for those that don't know, because we've heard of mail-ins being successful through, well, I don't know if they're successful, but what, what is it like for us here? I mean, people are probably going to have the choice. They could go and vote in person like they always do, or they could request a mail-in ballot. Uh, I'll say right now what I said during the U.S. campaign. Mail-in ballots are not secure. I'm sorry, but they're not. There's a lot of opportunity for fraud. And granted, I haven't seen what Canada's chief electoral officer is going to propose for mail-in votes, but I can't see that being more secure than showing up at an actual polling station, presenting yourself and your identification to prove who you are, and then going to cast a ballot. I, I can't see how mail-in would be more secure. 
Mm-hmm. Do you trust your mail, guys? Yeah. I, I, I never, I don't trust the post office. If, I mean, let's be honest with each other because you're absolutely right. If you need something to get to someone, do you put it in the mailbox? No. If something's important, do you throw it in a mailbox? Not these days. You really don't. So I don't know why we would trust our entire future on the mail, but it seems like that's the way they want to go. Uh, whatever. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that this is the plan. I, I mean, and I know that Justin has wanted to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. He's had his eye on a majority. And typically, before we had the law with fixed election dates, by the way, and I'll put that asterisk on it, before that, a minority government would look for an opportunity to call an election to get a majority when the polls were in their favor. It, Justin, I, I don't think that you could have known all the shit that was going to happen. But when it did start happening, you should have pulled up. Pull up. No fucking way. We're not going to a federal election right now with all of this stuff happening here in our country and around the world. We need you to be a leader in Ottawa. You should be in the Canadian version of the Situation Room inside the PMO there with your top advisors and your generals figuring out how are we going to help Haiti? How are we going to help Afghanistan? How are we going to get the forest fires in B.C., Saskatchewan, Alberta, and Ontario out? I think Manitoba has some forest fires, too. How are we going to take care of that? How are we going to deal with the fourth wave? Should we be spending $650 million on an election that nobody really wants except for you? And here's my other thing on this, and then we'll probably wrap it up for today because I don't think we need to go much longer. But we, um, uh, when it comes to this election and the amount of money that we're spending on it, right now we have a liberal minority government. If this election results in another liberal minority government, Trudeau takes his best shot at a majority but doesn't get it, but he still wins the election. The governor general, now she owes us one. She owes everybody one. The governor general should say to Justin, you came to me and said you can't make this current parliament work. So that's why you need an election. Well, the Canadian people have spoken. They've returned you to Ottawa with another minority government. Therefore, the second place party, the party with the second most amount of seats, is going to be given the opportunity to govern. And keep in mind how our system works. If you don't get the majority of the seats, the governor general will first go to the first place finisher and say, you don't have a majority, but you did win the most seats. So we're going to give you the opportunity to govern first. If you don't think you can have the confidence of the house, then we will go to the next party. That's how our system has always Mm -hmm. worked. And if Justin goes back there with another liberal minority, meaning all of this was basically a waste of time and money, then they should give it to the second place finisher, whether it be the NDP, the conservatives, the bloc, the Greens, whomever. They should get the first crack at governing, and they would probably get about a year in office by the time we go through a throne speech and have a few votes. They pass some laws, sign some orders before we get to the first confidence vote. Actually, the throne speech would be a confidence vote, but no one's going to bring down a new government on the fucking throne speech i don't think actually anything could happen then not that wouldn't even surprise me i i think that the second place finisher which is likely going to be the conservatives they should be given the opportunity to govern if justin doesn't get a majority so you're basically taking so if he does the if he does this under that way he would basically just be like rolling the dice on that one and seeing what happens i i don't i mean 
I hear you. What a waste of time. I would be livid. I would be livid if the exact same outcome, if it was the exact same outcome, and people went through everything they have to go through, and even hearing the attack ads and all the bullshit that we're going to hear. Already. And I, the only thing I'm grateful for that is that it will only be a month. You know, yeah. it will only be a month of that, and then who knows what will happen after that, depending on which. I feel like he... Okay, and I'll say it. I don't even know. What's an Aaron O'Toole? Like, I don't even know what that is. So I need to now do my own research. And I, I do suggest everybody does that. Now I need to do my own research on this on this guy. And, okay, and do I really, do I go back? I Let's go back to NDP, too. Let me make sure I know I'm clear on what their campaign is, what they choose to do. Because I feel like Justin Trudeau is almost at an advantage there. Because I feel like I don't need, this guy was quiet. Is it just me? Or is, like, Aaron O'Toole, for example... Really fucking quiet this whole time. Well, I mean, yes and no. We, he, he's actually not that quiet, but we have a very liberal biased media in this right. country. And that's just the way it is. It has been for a very long time. They don't give him a lot of attention to shine. Having said that, though, I'll also point out, in all fairness, there's a lot of conservatives who don't like Aaron O'Toole. The right. conservatives notoriously elect the wrong leader. Andrew Scheer was not the first choice. Aaron O'Toole was not the first choice. There were other fantastic candidates on there, many of them women, by the way, that probably could have taken Trudeau and thrown him into Lake Ontario, and people would have had a parade for them for having done it. When you put Justin Trudeau up against Aaron O'Toole, I think the matchup probably favors Justin Trudeau as an incumbent, Mm -hmm. as a sitting prime minister. You put uh, Justin Trudeau, though, up against a Rona Ambrose or a Lisa Raitt, or a, yeah. there's a long list of women that I think would have really given him a run for his money that could have called him out on his fake feminist bullshit. But again, conservatives elect the wrong leaders because their nomination process is horseshit. You know what? Uh, a conservative party, if you want a little input, feel free to call me. I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with your nomination process because I actually go to those meetings. And most of the time, they're a sham. And the one of the biggest tragedies in all of this Back to COVID and the Delta variant is all this election does is give Doug Ford six more weeks at the cottage. Where the fuck is Doug? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where the fuck is Doug? Fuck you, Doug. I almost forgot about him until you just said that. Oh, yeah. We're officially in a fourth wave and we haven't heard from our premier in weeks. And now that there's a federal election, it'll be weeks to come yeah, before he fall. does anything. Yep, it'll absolutely, that'll fall to the wayside. And be, and it's also been, we've also basically been told by our medical officer of health in Ontario that we're staying the course for a while. So it's not like we're going to move to a step four or anything or fall back to a step two, they believe. Let's fuck, let's hope in the next month anyway. So they're kind of have an excuse to kind of just peace out and not and not be a part of anything for the next month. Let me ask you a question here, Kat. We we all know how elections work. You traipse on down to the fucking community center or the library or a school and you cast your ballot. In the middle of the fourth wave of a pandemic, is this a good idea to be inviting thousands of people into schools to vote? Is it a good idea to send thousands of people to line up? And we all know what the lineups are like around quitting time on election day. Is it a good idea to send thousands of people into our libraries our arenas our rec centers to cast a ballot right now like hopefully hopefully steve lecce i'm talking to you you're ontario's education minister you better phone the chief electoral officer of canada and say 
Yeah, you can forget about using Ontario schools for this election. Not a fucking chance. Do we want all those strangers coming in there? Not a fucking chance. It's off the table. Don't even think about using our schools for this election. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If there's municipalities that say, "Mm, I get that we're having an election, but we really don't want you assholes coming into the community centers and into the arenas and the libraries to cast ballots there either. You know what? Tell you what, you guys can have a, a parking lot outside Scotiabank Arena. If you guys want to have a polling station, but we're voting outside this year because we don't want all these strangers that are untested, maybe unvaxxed, maybe vaxxed. I don't know. We don't want them all traipsing through our public buildings with all the germs and shit. Maybe somebody should take a stand on that and give Trudeau another thing to think about. In any case, it's it's really unfortunate what's going on. I mean, an election now, it's. It's uh, it's wrong. It really is wrong. And, and I don't think the governor general should have allowed it. I don't think Trudeau should have been granted it. I don't think that it's the right time. And it's probably not going to be a very different result. Put it that way. Uh, although anything can happen during a campaign. These things have a life of their own. Uh, it's entirely possible that six weeks from now, Jugmeet Singh could be prime minister of Canada. Aaron O'Toole could be Prime Minister of Canada. It's all possible. I'm with you here. I don't think much is going to change. I think it's going to stay the same. And there are people who are very strong that will look at strongly against him that will look at this and be like, oh, great. He's going to be out then. Let's good. 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 But you have to keep in mind, there's there's a lot of people out there that a aren't voicing their opinion out loud. Right. Um, It's not like you're going to go on your Facebook. like, I love Justin Trudeau. So you got that. You also have the people that aren't really looking at those other details. They just know that this is the guy that cut them a check. Yep. He cut sure. he cut them a pretty decent check during the pandemic and helped out with their um childcare with that money or whatever other expenses they have. And that's all they'll see him as is, oh, this guy fucking give us more money. Oh, there's another federal uh federal uh ch- check coming in the mail or in my account. Some people will only see that. So I think to those who think that he's out. This is it, guys. Y- think again. There are people who will not even Think about getting rid of this guy because in their mind, and keep in mind, it's our money that he's using. I think that's the thing that people also seem to forget is that it's your money you're getting as a check. Our money that we're going to, that your kids and your grandkids and probably their kids too are going to be paying back for years. But he'll do it because he has the power to do it. And all you'll know is that Trudeau gave out more money. So in your mind, you're like, fuck yeah, maybe Trudeau will give me more money. So I'll vote him. You know, that's going to happen. And I know that in infuriate some people because in their mind they do enough research to know what's right for them or what should be right for the country going forward there are people that don't give a fuck that are going to vote based on the strategic shit that he has put in place especially during the pandemic and he knows that that's why he's doing it now sure he also wants to do it before people like yourself do learn any more about Aaron O'Toole yeah Aaron O'Toole is a Canadian Forces veteran he is the the child of uh, uh, unionized auto manufacturers. He is from the Durham area, and he does have some fairly fresh and progressive ideas. But most people are not going to hear anything about him because we all know how these campaigns work, right? He's never going to get a fair shake from the media. They will never give him fair coverage. That's just the way it is. Most of the things that you see and read about Aaron O'Toole have got a partisan spin on it. So keep that in mind. The other thing you need to keep in mind about this is there's people who will start fear-mongering every fucking time there's an election. (gasps) You can't let the conservatives take away your abortion rights. 
that's not even a conversation. The, the conservatives have had many opportunities to take away your abortion rights, and they never once did. Why do we keep falling for the same shit every time that the liberals jump on the news and say, oh, you're going to lose abortion. They're going to ban abortions. No, they're not. Like, fuck off. Stop with that shit. And let's talk about what's an actual issue right now. Because if you look around, there's a lot of fucking issues that need to be dealt with. They really is. And and for for us to fall for the same trap every goddamn time is so frustrating because just do a little bit of homework, do a little bit of research. You know, just like you did for the vaccine when you were sitting on the toilet reading about it, how it's a microchip. Yeah, not that research. Do real research. Just take the time to to look at what every party is promising. And you know what? Maybe you look at that and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not a liberal. Maybe I'm a new Democrat because I do think that students should get a few years worth of their tuition forgiven, their student debt. I do think that we should have dental care. As part of our health care coverage, because dental care is health care. Maybe you hear those two things and think, I agree with Jagmeet Singh. I do. You know, I'm going to vote orange for the first time ever. I think there's going to be a lot of people that vote a different way than they traditionally do for the first time this election. I think there's going to be a lot of people, in particular conservatives, by the way, that are going to look at the fiasco that's happened over the last year and a half in their province and say, I don't think I'm a conservative anymore. I'm going to, but I don't want to vote liberal. I'm going to vote green. In fact, I've had that conversation with friends recently that are really not happy with the conservatives, mm-hmm. but they just can't bring themselves to vote for Trudeau. They don't like Jugmeet Singh or they don't like the NDP. So they're going to vote green. Yeah. You're going to see conservatives voting for a progressive environmentalist party. That's how strange Canadian politics have become. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. It's a lack of options, really. I don't think anybody really loves their choices here. So it's really our job to make the best of a bad situation. We'll talk more about it over the next 35 days, and we will have another edition of After 9 coming your way tomorrow. In the meantime, please remember, your penis probably should be exit only. Don't stick any beans up there. If you're having some beans tonight for dinner and you're thinking, you know where that would be good? In my fucking urine, in my dick hole. Think yeah. again. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. So the 2020 census is out. Listen to this. White people have fallen for the first time as numbers in this country since 1790. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> change, change their name to just Barrel. <laughs> Canada reopened its border to Americans, but we didn't do the same in return. What is that about? <laughs> what is the problem? What are they going to do? Take all the good paying improv comedy jobs away from Americans? <laughs> okay, they probably will, but still. Now that the latest issue of Batman Comics has Robin coming out as bisexual someone has to get batman's reaction because i'm pretty sure it's going to be since when do you like girls hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital and andy left his two-year-old at the rink all right guys i'm sure we're not alone like andy's kid 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.